Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast God's Holy Word. And today is episode 24 and um wow, it's been several days since the last podcast. I'm seeing the last one was January 27th. So my apologies for not uh posting one sooner. But um today we're going to take a quick look at Nehemiah and it's going to be verses 1 through verse 9, I believe. So let's go ahead and take a look at this uh short little segment because it really jumped out at me and I really thought this um is very much important because I think it's great first of all to read from God's holy word and then also to let it inspire you in your everyday life and your journey uh with God because all of our journeys are technically with God we just may not realize that he is there he is always there for us he is aware of everything so that brings me great comfort and joy so first of all let me give a big shout out to my listeners so here we go first of all tennessee georgia florida ohio west virginia virginia nevada california oklahoma and texas and then let me see if we have some others from around the world yes we do australia canada and namibia I'm always mispronouncing that word, but I want to give a big shout out to to Australia because I know they're going through some hardships right now. Um some people over there with the socialized medicine over there, they're having a hard time getting access to the medicines that they need and the treatment that they need. I actually saw um a couple different uh segments and stories about some people that were denied uh access to very much medically needed uh procedures and medications and so I want to first of all lift up uh Australia and those patients and also I want to lift up the people the bureaucrats that are in charge of their socialized uh, medical system and help them to realize you know I know that only God can help them at this point but um I pray that God uh, change their hearts and to actually allow medical care to still continue to take place for the people that I'm thinking of and I don't want to be too specific cuz I want to honor their privacy um but God knows who I'm thinking of and um he knows their suffering and he knows what they're going through so first of all let's have a quick moment of prayer here I think that would be very much good and justified so here we go uh father god I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to do this podcast I thank you for the wonderful listeners and you know we want to very much lift up the country of uh, Australia They are having a very difficult time right now with uh, their socialized medicine. It is being run by their government, hence socialized medicine. We pray that the ministers of their health, whatever they call them, I mean we know that they're bureaucrats, but we pray that their heart be warmed and that they open their heart to the people that are suffering the most and that they get them immediate access to healthcare. and that they actually pay for it. And also if there are people in Australia um I understand that they have socialized medicine and then they also purchase a private policy I pray that regardless of whether they have socialized medicine and or a private care policy like privatized insurance that they are able to get access to immediate health care get the cures get the healing that they need and above all father we give you thanks and glory for everything that you have done everything that you will do we know that your covenant is true we know that you are the one true god and we thank you heavenly father for their healing we thank you that you are taking care of them they are in the palm of your hand they need not worry or have fear about anything so we thank you 
Almighty God, that this is already being taken care of, and we thank you so much for everything that you do for Australia, for you do for what you do for our world, our planet. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Amen. All right. So, if you have prayer requests, feel free to message me from the podcast website or、um, the link. There should be one. I think it says contact us or contact me or send a message or something, depending on the website or podcast. Platform that you're on, but do feel free to message me. I would absolutely love to stand with you in prayer, and you know, help you get your prayer answered. Because I do know that when two or three are gathered, that our our prayers, I mean, they're always heard and they do get answered. But especially the more people we have praying for a request, that is even more beautiful. It's just absolutely amazing. So just know that even if you're praying by yourself, technically you're not by yourself because technically you have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That makes three right there. And if you include yourself, it makes four. If you include your guardian angel, that makes five. If you call on angels to come to you and help you and assist you, however many angels you want, that's how many are going to come to you, and they will help you. So just think about that. Even you know, even though I'm alone currently in my apartment, I know that I'm really not alone. Like even though I look around the room and I am the only human being in this room, I know I'm not alone spiritually because we have to remember that we worship a supernatural God, meaning. He he goes before us and beyond us, and he is beyond our natural world. So he can do so many things behind the scenes, work so many miracles for us. So don't ever give up. Keep pushing forward. So、um, so let's go ahead and take a look at Nehemiah. And again, I am reading from the Leadership Bible. It is、uh, from Reader to Leader. This is a great Bible. I love it. So let's go ahead and take a look. It says、uh, the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, and I'm not sure I pronounce this, but I think it's Hanani. I think that's how you pronounce it. One of my brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They listened. They said to me, "Those who survived the exile and are back in the province." Are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of Heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of Heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps His covenant of love with those who love Him and keep His commandments, let Your ear be attentive and Your eyes open to hear the prayer Your servant is praying before You day and night. For your servants, the people of Israel, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, "If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands," Then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So, again, as Nehemiah one through nine in chapter one, what really got my attention, first of all, is that Nehemiah he says in verse four, he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Sometimes I fast and I pray, and I'm not super excessive about it, about、um, fasting. But 
I do know that when I fast and pray, it really gets God's attention because he knows that um when I give up beef or baked potatoes or butter or like things that I really love, he knows I'm I'm super serious about and I'm making a true sacrifice and you're probably thinking, "Well, Leslie, that's just food." But think about this way, even Nehemiah fasted. He fasted and he prayed. And what's really interesting is that sometimes even though I may not think, "Oh, I want to fast and pray tonight." You know, it's not like a a holy ordeal per se. I'm not doing it for my for my um worthiness or for my leisure or for my glory. I'm doing it for the glory of God. So sometimes when I'm fasting, it'll just come to me like I'll think, "Oh, I want to cook dinner." And then something will say, "You know, I really just want to fast tonight and I want to pray." And it's not some big to do, it's not a big performance. It's just kind of the inner reflection and drawing closer to Christ, drawing closer to God. And that's what Nehemiah is doing here. And what I love about this is that we know from God's holy word that there is a God and there's only one God. We know that because Nehemiah says, "For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven." What it made me think of is what God are we praying to? There is only one true God and that is the God of heaven. That is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob and the God of Joshua and the God of Moses as we see here. So, you know, that kind of puts to rest all these other religions that are worshiping other gods because they're not the one true God. They're just pagan gods. So we know that God is the one true God and he is the God of heaven. He's not higher word this. Like there was a guy I went to school with that I can't remember exactly what religion he practiced, but he had a little trinket or a little statue for every little thing that he prayed for. He had a god of money, um a god of wisdom. He had all these pagan statues and they were small. They're like little trinket-looking things um that he brought over from his country. He's from Sri Lanka. And he was the most miserable person I'd ever met. He he could be really nice, but he went off the deep end. And I think it's because he was worshiping a false religion. It wasn't making him happy. His apartment was dark and dreary. I remember that. And I thought, you know, for someone who prays so much, he sure is miserable. And I could tell he was practicing the wrong religion anyway. And I just thought, how exhausting would that be? That if you want this, you have to go to this god. If you want that, you have to go to that god. If you want this, you, like you have to go to this god. Like you have to like line up all these little temples. Well, that's what happened in Greece, Italy, the, the Greco-Roman Empire, basically. and um Egypt. I was trying to think the other the other uh, nation or empire that had all these different gods. I would just think that would be so exhausting. I mean, just think about all the work you would have to do. I mean, just all the prayers you would have to say and all all the walking you would have to do to go to all these different temples. Well, you see, that's very laborious. And and see, here's the thing, when you're worshiping other gods, it's tiring because you're never going to feel fully restored because you're worshiping the wrong god and it's taking your energy away from who you are supposed to be worshiping which is Jehovah Jireh that is our heavenly father or or Yeshua the god of Abraham the god of Isaac the god of Jacob see because whenever we worship our heavenly father we are restored and we are renewed and what a blessing that is So just know that if ever you are tired, you need to go to God with that. And only God, like your heavenly Father. 
And that includes the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. That's the triune God. That's the blessed trinity. And to say blessed trinity is not a Catholic thing. You know, the blessed trinity was there long before the Catholic Church was around. Sometimes people associate certain words with certain religions. Um when it comes to Christianity, you know, the the Holy Spirit and the triune God like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that wasn't created or named by one denomination within Christianity. It was given to us from our heavenly Father. So just know that. So don't feel like, you know, you have to just be one denomination or something because mankind created denominations. God did not. He just said, "Believe in me and acknowledge the fact that my son saved you from your sins and, you know, get baptized in the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit." And guess what? That that that's your ticket to holiness and your ticket to heaven right there. And it's given to us by grace from God. So there's that right there. So it goes on to say, "Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven. Again, our heavenly Father is in heaven. He's not in hell. He's in heaven. Satan's in hell. Our heavenly Father is not. The great and awesome God. So He does great and wonderful things. He's an awesome God. He's not powerless. So if ever you feel powerless, just know that that's a lie straight out of the depths of hell, and that our heavenly Father empowers us to do great and wonderful things. Absolutely great and wonderful things." who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keeps his commandments. So here's the thing, we know that our God is a is a covenant-keeping God. So just know that if ever you feel forgotten or abandoned, you really are not. God has you in the palm of his hand and he loves you, he adores you. He wants to embrace you, he wants to help you. He wants to lift you out of that pit of hell. He does not want you to go to hell. So if you have been told, "Oh, you're going to hell." Guess what? That's a lie straight out of the depths of hell. So just know that you need to keep going to your heavenly Father with everything. Every miserable every miserable thing, every good thing, whatever it is, go to your heavenly Father and talk to him about because that's what he's there for. He loves you so much. Goes on to say, "Let your ear be attentive." So he's saying, "Lord, listen to me. I know you're there. I know you love me. Please listen to me." So he's coming to him in a very humble manner because he knows that because as people are exiled the israelites have sinned and we see that later in the passage so he says let your ear be attentive so he wants to get god's attention because he knows that god scattered them because they were breaking god's law he goes on to say let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants the people of israel so what this guy is doing this is a perfect example of intercessory prayer like for example Um I think it was earlier this week I prayed off and on um for many people for like 3 days not like straight through but I'm saying like you know I had a list of people to pray for so over the course of like 3 days um I I prayed individually for all these individual uh for all these individuals that um I came across and that um I wanted to pray for and intercede for them because I didn't know if anyone was pray- I did not know if anyone was personally praying for them and I also did not know if they were praying for themselves or if they had given up or maybe they need someone to come alongside them and help them you know none of these people I knew that's the thing like these were individual little prayer requests so I lifted all these up and I wanted to make sure that these were heard and none of these people knew I was praying for them and when and when I say prayer request um what I did was and maybe you would love to do this too I went on GoFundMe. You know like that website you can go to to help raise money for other people or for yourself. 
So I looked up, you know, a very specific illness. And I looked up all these people on there and I just wrote down their first name or their last name in my in my prayer journal and I laid hands on my prayer journal and I lifted up all these people. And that is by no means to pray that that that's by no means to brag about me because it's not about me. I give God all the glory, but my point is this, that is an example of intercessory prayer. See, here's the thing, Nehemiah is praying for his people. His people probably don't even know that he's praying for them. But he is interceding for them, getting God's attention saying, "Hey, I love these people. You know, I know you love us. Please help us." And plus, it, you know, I look at it this way, like there are times that I've been really sick in my life and just out of nowhere, like what I wasn't even thinking about, wasn't praying about, I got healed immediately. Like someone knew I was suffering and I knew someone had been praying for me. Cuz sometimes people will contact me and say, "Hey, I was praying for you. I heard that you were sick or I heard this happen. I just want you to know we were praying for you. Please please let us know how you're doing or if there's or if we need to continue to pray for you or if we need to pray about something else." I kid you not, sometimes I get healed like that, like within a, a split second. And sometimes I am aware that someone else is praying for me and other times I'm not, and sometimes I'm not a prayer that others are praying for me, but I know someone has been praying. And there's another thing, the Holy Spirit prays for you and with you. See, that's what's going on here with Nehemiah. He's interceding for all of Israel, the people of Israel. That is a mighty big prayer request if you think about it. Like his heart was broken about what was going on. So he wanted his people to not be in exile anymore and he wanted that bridge between them and God to be uh, re- repaired and he wanted to to bring people back to the fold and he wanted the relationship to to be restored and he's reminding God that they have a covenant with him. And we can do that too. Like if ever our life is not what we think it should be or if we're frustrated, we need to remember that we have a covenant with God. And that is a pretty big deal to have a covenant with the heavenly Father. So when we are believers in Christ Jesus, we were adopted into the Jewish faith and into the family of Abraham, Abraham and Sarah. So he's one of our spiritual fathers technically, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joshua, but especially Abraham, the God of Abraham. So we are in that holy, beautiful family. So being that we were adopted into that family, we can call on the name of Jesus and we can also remind God that we're covenant people. So if you're suffering with anything, don't take it at face value. Give it to God. Like like don't take that burden on you. You know, I saw a message recently online from a pastor in Texas. He's really good. And he talked about how camels will um how they will unload a heavy load. Like so when they're traveling in caravans, typically what they do, well back in the day they did this. I don't know if they do now, but back in the day when they had a lot of luggage or heavy things to carry, they would load it up all on one or two on one or two camels because camels have a hump which has a lot of water in it so they did not want to exhaust all their camels they just wanted these one or two camels to to get the to get the burden so that way only those one or two camels would use up you know their water supply within their hump well then whenever they would want the camel to unload the load the camel gets down on its knees and it just rolls it off 
Well, that's what we're supposed to do. That's technically what we're doing when we get down on our knees. And even if you can't get down on your knees, just think of it in your mind. Because sometimes I've been so sick, I've been in my bed and I can't move. So in my mind, I just go to a very spiritual, beautiful, peaceful place where I'm connected with God. And I imagine myself kneeling in my, in my head, in my brain, I'm thinking this. And I just cast my care on the Lord. So whenever you're casting your care... You need to think of yourself as like that camel where you're just getting down on your knees, whether physically or spiritually, and you're just rolling that load over to Jesus. You're just rolling that load over to God because that's what we're supposed to do. That is a wonderful, beautiful, a wonderful and beautiful image of what our Heavenly Father does for us every day of our lives if we will give him the chance to take our burdens and make our burdens light. But if we don't ever give our burdens to our Heavenly Father, guess what? They're going to stay with us and make us miserable. So just know you don't ever have to put up with that. Another part that I like is go down to verse 9. So it says, but if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the furthest horizon, meaning if you are so far away, you will still not be forgotten. It says, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. So this is a quote from Moses also from God. So God spoke to Moses at this point. And Nehemiah is reminding God of what he spoke to Moses. And sometimes we think, "Oh, we can't talk to God like that." Yes, you can. Because you're you're actually walking by faith, not by sight. And that's what God wants. Like you're not looking at the circumstance, you're looking at the covenant that you have with your heavenly Father. Your covenant and your relationship with your heavenly father is way more important than your problem. It is way more important than your hardship. It is way more important than your doubt. It is way more important than your fear. So just roll that care over to the Lord and I'll give myself as an example here. Like I woke up today kind of agitated because I was worried about something. And um I kind of I went to bed in a good mood but in the middle of my sleep I woke up with a worry and so I just kind of went back to bed and I should have woken up and prayed about it, but it's kind of like you're in and out of sleep so then I woke up really worried about something so then I had to address an issue that occurred and so it was an issue that had happened the night before and I should have just lifted it up in prayer but when I finally did lift it up in prayer my heavenly father spoke to my heart and said handle this right now you need to go speak to this person and talk to them You know, just treat the situation as a matter of fact, and you know, my heavenly Father let me know that the other person will understand, and I wasn't expecting them to understand actually. But what's interesting is that when you just say it like it is, you'd be surprised how many people are for you and not against you. And I look at it this way: even if the conversation had not gone very well, I know my heavenly Father still would have intervened for me because I have a covenant with my heavenly Father because I have been grafted into the family of Abraham. I am one of Abraham's children and so are you if you are a believer in Christ Jesus. So I you know I had that meeting this morning and I you know what's interesting is that I went into a meeting not really knowing what to expect but I walked in there with confidence because I had just gotten done praying and I just went right into this meeting and um it went really well and what's interesting is that the person I spoke to they displayed such kindness to me and we really clicked that I felt really good after 
after the meeting was over, and I just felt like it was resolved. I mean, does that make sense? It's kind of like that problem. I already knew the problem had already been handled by my heavenly Father, but also, you know, when we walk by faith, not by sight, we have a responsibility to act on our faith. Like sometimes it's it's easy to think, oh, I'm just going to pray about and let God do everything, and I can just sit here and eat chocolate all day. No, 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 no. Like we have to put our faith in practice. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. So. I had to walk into that meeting with faith, even though my sight told me something different, even though my thoughts, my brain told me totally different things, I chose to do what God told me to do. And it was a little unnerving, but you know, what's interesting is that God gave me confidence. And I mean, I kid you not, like I didn't slouch during this meeting. I didn't have my shoulders humped over, which is sometimes what I do when I'm scared about stuff. I'm, I'm just like anybody else. Sometimes I just do not want to have to deal with stuff, especially tricky situations or difficult situations or, you know, um, serious situations. But, you know, I knew that my Heavenly Father was with me and I, I was like, you know what, I have to do what my Heavenly Father tells me to do because he just gave me the best advice. And even if I don't know what's going to happen, I know it's going to be fine. Even if it doesn't turn out the way I expect or the way I want or the way that it should, I know that God has me in the palm of his hand. So I had to handle that this morning, like just... First thing in the morning, I, I had to deal with this because I was like, you know, let me put this way. Usually I ruminate over stuff and that we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to ruminate over any, anything. So I thought, you know, it's best to handle situations immediately. And I had gotten into a bad habit for several years of not handling things immediately because I was fearful of, of the, uh, the reaction of somebody else. I was fearful of the outcome. And I didn't trust my Heavenly Father the way that I should have because I wasn't really taught to trust him. So I kind of felt like I was on my own. And so that's a very scary feeling. But when I realized I'm not on my own, I'm very much loved, I'm very much treasured, I'm not worried about anything because even if the meeting had not gone well, I still know God would have taken care of it. Because I've seen that happen in my life where a meeting went totally bad, went totally wrong. It did not go the way I thought it would at all. And God still made it work out great. I don't know how else to describe it. And so I was under a lot of pressure today. I mean, I felt the heat. I mean, the devil was working overtime on me today, for sure. I don't know what devil he assigned me, but man, it was a, it was a very interesting one. And so, but I just put my faith in God and I just thought, you know, I need to watch, uh, you know, a positive video before I start my day. I need to really just focus on the goodness of God. And when, when God gives you advice, take the advice. See, because here's the thing. Whenever God gives you advice, it is always the best because it will always be legal and moral and it was it will always serve his glory and his greater glory, meaning he will never leave us or forsake us. I think sometimes we think, "Oh, it's all about God." Well, here's the thing. That doesn't mean that we're forgotten, not by any means, because when we put God first, everything else falls into place. And it took me several years to realize that because I had felt so forgotten and abandoned for so many years. I thought, well, why am I putting somebody else first? Like I've felt like that for years. I'm always second, third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh. Like I always felt like I was at the end of the line. But you know what my heavenly father did? He moved me from the back to the front of the line. That's what he did for me. No one else has ever done that for me in my entire life. No human being. No one has ever done that for me, but God did. and he made my enemies aware of that. And I love that cuz see that meant that I didn't have to really I didn't have to show my enemies up. I didn't have to tell them off. God moved me from the front of the line or sorry, from the back of the line to the front of the line. 
I couldn't do that on my own, but God did it for me. And here's the thing. What's sad is I wasn't expecting that. I was just kind of wallowing in fear and dread at that point in my life at that situation. And um, God heard my prayer, and he knew that I was weak in my faith, but he knew I was trying. And see, God, here, here's the thing. God meets you where you're at. He doesn't ever say, oh, well, you don't have enough faith, so I'm not going to help you. No, 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 no. That's not how God works. God meets you where you're currently at and then helps you build your faith throughout that trial, throughout that moment, so that you can endure it to the end. And so when we hear that endure it to the end, sometimes we think, oh, well, that just means it's going to be hard. No, 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 no. Your journey does not have to be difficult. Are there hardships? Yes. But the Lord can calm any sea in your life. So don't ever worry, don't ever worry about bad stuff. evil stuff, the news, covid, cancer, disease, lack of money, foreclosures, the economy. Don't worry about any of that cuz guess what? It's not worth worrying over. And you're probably going, "Leslie, yes it is worth it." No. As Christians, we're technically not supposed to worry about anything because when we start to worry, that means that is that is causing separation between us and God. So then we start trying to do everything on our own. Well, that's what the Israelites did. They thought, "Oh, well, we'll go fight this army now," but it wasn't when the Lord told them to go fight. We see that in Deuteronomy. And he goes, "Well, don't go out and fight them now because I didn't tell you to do that. I told you to fight yesterday, not today. So if you go out there now, you will get creamed." And that's what happened to them. So it's important that when God speaks to you and speaks to your heart and to your soul, trust him. Jesus I trust you. God I trust you. Jehovah Jireh, I trust you. Yeshua, I trust you. The merciful God, I trust you. The God of covenant, I trust you. Elohim, I trust you. It is truly about trust. And when I realized that I could trust God with anything and everything, everything else fall up fell into place. It just really fell into place. I was scared to trust. Don't be scared to trust God. It might feel weird if you're not used to trusting people. That's the thing. People can let you down every day and every night, but here's the thing. God will never let you down, and not only that, he will replace those bad people with good people. So he will bring you good people that you can trust and that will be for you and not against you. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? He loves you so much. so much don't ever throw your covenant with God away throwing your covenant away that that you have with God it, it it's like throwing away the title or deed of your house in the trash but yet you paid for it and in this case God paid for it and Jesus paid for it when he died for us on the cross So don't ever throw your relationship with Christ away because it's 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 what can help you and save you and restore you. Restore everything you've ever lost. Restore everything you you have ever felt stripped and taken and stolen away from you. The victory is already won. It's already ours. The battle has been won through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we're the winners. We're not the losers. We're the winners. So if you're not sure how to feel like a winner, I want you to go online and I want you to buy a trophy for yourself. And I mean this literally. Buy a trophy and have it be first place.
like 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 you've won first place in something and maybe you can have it say first place at perseverance or first place in trusting first place in joy first place in happiness see cuz here's the thing we have the victory we are number 1 jesus defeated death satan and all his fallen angels all all his stupid drones that followed him to hell jesus defeated all of them so we're number 1 and you might think Leslie that's crazy to buy a trophy it's not or buy a plaque it's important to have a visual reminder of your victory that you have that god gave you through his son jesus christ There is nothing foolish in Christ Jesus. There is wisdom in Christ Jesus. That's where we need to go. So let me put it this way. If you buy a plaque or um a trophy and someone comes over and says, "What is this?" do not put it in a shelf and hide it. Tell them why you bought it. Because you want to be reminded that in Christ Jesus, you're number 1. because Jesus died for you. He saved you from the pit of hell. And he loves you. And you're not a loser, you're a winner in Christ Jesus. See, that is a great testament to your faith. And that's a great way to help bring others to Christ Jesus. And here's the thing, when you bring others to Christ and you share your testimony, they may not get saved right then and there, but you will plant a seed of faith. a seed of joy, a seed of hope. So it's not stupid to remind yourself of your eternal reward in heaven. Like we see examples of this all throughout the Old Testament. Um whenever God would save the Israelites or do something really special for Abraham or Isaac or Jacob, they built an altar and they worshiped God and they gave thanks and praise. So just know that you are not foolish for doing that. If anything you're smart for buying a trophy or a plaque because if it was okay for them to do that in the Old Testament times, it's okay for us to do it now because I think now more than ever we need reminders of who we are in Christ Jesus. And the devil is under our feet and we are number 1 and he is the biggest loser on the planet. The devil has no say in your victory. He's an idiot. He lost. So so why not make it known that you are on the side of victory? And plus it'll make a great testimony. It'll make a great talking piece like you might want to put it in the middle of your coffee table. <laughs> I would love that. By all means send me pictures and and uh comments if you do that. But um I will go ahead and end this podcast and um I will go ahead and make another one here in a few days, probably like every 2 or 3 days, go ahead and post some as well. But I just want to thank you for joining me. You guys are wonderful. I love you so much. If there's anything that you would like me to pray for you for or pray with you and stand in agreement with you, I would absolutely love the honor of doing that. And everything that you tell me is confidential. I won't ever say your name outside of that, especially not on the show and not public and not publicly. It'll just stay here. But whatever you need help with, do let me know. I would love to see great and wonderful things happen in your life because God is good and he loves you very much. So until next time I pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful week and a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
We bought. 